It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady, and I'm with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. If you have a question about the Bible or anything going on in your life, if you have a prayer request, We'd love for you to call in and text, call in or text us and, and talk about these things. Um, I want to welcome you all to the program. Um, first of all, those listening in Colorado up and down the Front Range on Grace FM. I also want to say hello to those of you who listen on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. Welcome to the program. We also want to say hi to everybody who listens online. So many of you and so many places around the world. So cool that we can have this broadcast reach more people than who are just in our listening areas. So everyone, welcome to the program. Um, I have been hosting now, this is my third week hosting every Monday on Calvary Live. And uh, a few weeks ago, I took over uh, from Nate Morris, who hosted the show on Mondays for about a year or so. And I'm really excited to be able to have this opportunity to get to interact with you and answer questions and take your calls on the air. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, just a little bit about myself. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church in Longmont, Colorado. And uh, Whitefields Community Church, for those of you who are in the area or you know uh, Longmont or the surrounding area, we meet in downtown Longmont, uh, right downtown at the, the city park in Longmont. is called Roosevelt Park, and our meeting place is right on the southeast corner of Roosevelt Park. We meet in the St. Vrain Memorial Building every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And we would love for you to come and visit us if you live in Longmont or in the surrounding area and any of the surrounding towns. We'd love for you to come worship with us one Sunday. Our website, for those of you who want to check us out online, is whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And you can also hear our teachings and messages every weekday here on Grace FM. Uh, they're broadcast at 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time every weekday. So that's kind of drive time for some of you who pick up kids from school. And also Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., which means for most people, if you're hearing me on the radio, you might be late to church. So hopefully uh, you have a church, and uh, if not, you know, Tons of great churches connected here to Grace FM and to Hope FM that we'd love to see you get connected to. So um, yesterday, there was a shooting in Texas, and I want to talk about that as we wait for our lines to fill up. Maybe there's some of you who would like to talk about that. I'll repeat the numbers here for you to call in. We have open lines right now here at the beginning of the show, so it's always a great time to call in uh, with your texts and, or send in your texts or call in with your questions or or prayer requests, the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. The number to text is 720-336-0897. So I know that our program also airs a week later <coughs> in on the East Coast. So some of you are going to be hearing this a week later. But for those of you who are listening online and listening in Colorado, I want to take this opportunity to talk about the shooting that happened yesterday in Texas, just absolutely tragic. 26 people dead, 20 injured, many of them children and elderly people. I read that 4% of the population of the town was killed and that it was 50% of the church. And uh, so the question we ask is, you know, where is God when stuff like this happens? And that's actually a valid question. I think that sometimes that question gets uh, poo-pooed a little, but I think it is a very 
valid question. In fact, I'll tell you why it's such a valid question. is because the very first book of the Bible, what we believe was the earliest book of the Bible to be written, is the book of Job. And the question that the book of Job addresses is that question of, you know, the question people ask, why, do, why does bad stuff happen to so-called good people? You know, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to innocent people? And where is God in the midst of all of that? We're going to get back to that question, but I see that we have a caller on line one, and I'm hoping that maybe he is hoping to talk about the same thing. So let's go to Stephen in Aurora on line one. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for uh, accepting my call. Um, yeah, th- exactly what you're talking about. I didn't even really get a chance to hear your intro because I just called in right away. Um, but exactly what you're talking about, it's just becoming an issue now where it's just so common that now I'm starting to question and wonder, and I was talking to my wife about this, how, what, what's your view on Christians maybe starting to carry and maybe even getting a concealed weapons permit? Um, because I'm like, I can't even go out to an, a, a venue with my family anymore and worry about their safety. And if something were to happen, I just feel safer, at least if I can protect maybe more people around me if, you know, I happen to be caring. Is that something from a Christian perspective that would be a wise thing to do? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a really interesting question. I know that you're probably not the only one who has that question. And uh, I really don't want to get caught up in a gun uh, rights or gun control debate. But I will tell you this. I mean, at this point, it's no longer about going to church and having, uh, you know, problems at church. I think this happened at a church, but uh, we had another one last week here in Colorado that happened at a Walmart. You know, and yeah. before that, we had a movie theater and you have yep. schools. So, I mean, I think that is actually kind of the point of terrorism is to communicate to people that there's nowhere that is safe. And I think that that, uh, for us as Christians, that's that should be an absolutely valid point, that there really is nowhere that is safe per se, because it's only in the Lord that we truly have uh, protection and refuge, that we truly have safety and security. And it also reminds yeah. us of the, the frailty of this life, you know, that life can be taken from you. It can be taken either by evil or by accident, and it can happen at any time. We need to make sure that we are right with God in that case. But to your question, you know, I know that in our church and in other churches, we have security teams, and a lot of times those security teams um, in a lot of churches do have weapons because their their goal is to protect um, protect innocent people from people who want to do harm to them. I think yeah. that um, I think there's something to be said for that biblically. You know, I was just I'm, I'm teaching a class right now. Uh, I'll teach it tonight after I get off the show here at my church, and it's a class on. We do a kind of a Bible college type thing. We call it School of Ministry, and the class is on the Minor Prophets. And one of the great themes of the Minor Prophets is also something that Jesus talks about. It's it, God takes it very personally when people sin against those who are weak and vulnerable and God considers himself the protector of the weak and vulnerable and so for us to uh, emulate God in his character I would say that one of the things that God wants us to do is to protect those who are weak and vulnerable to look out for them first of all create safe situations for them but then also to protect them and especially uh, when evil is being planned against them that we are to protect those who are vulnerable, who are weaker than us. And so if you approach it from that perspective, then I think the answer could possibly be yes. 
you know, it's interesting reading all the, the stories coming out. I realize it's coming out slowly about what happened over there in Texas. Um, but you read about somebody who went and prevented this person from doing more damage because he went in there and uh, confronted the man and then chased him down the road. Um, so, yeah, I do think there is something to be said absolutely for protecting those who are weak. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think of, um, I, and you might be able to help me out with this, but the passage where Jesus is first telling his disciples, hey, you know, don't worry about what you're, what's on you, don't worry about food, don't worry about money. Um, and then I believe there's another passage where he says, now take up a sword, right? Am I, am I correct? Or do you know about what I'm talking about? Yes, there's two different occasions where Jesus sent his yeah. disciples out into the, into the towns and villages to preach the gospel, basically to tell people that the Messiah had come. And yeah, there was a time when he told them to take up the sword. But you got to remember that also he told them, hey, those who live by the sword will also die by the sword. Yeah. And so there, there is a big movement, you know, and there always, there always has been a big movement of Christian pacifism. And um, I, I think it's a tough one to make. I think, that, um, I think that when you look at the Bible and you see this, you don't see um, a lot of examples either way. See Jesus telling his disciples tell him to take up a sword. I would say obviously that sword wasn't for them to go and to fight, uh, but their sword when they were going out into the villages was for them probably to protect themselves. So I think that you're making that parallel there. I think that's a valid parallel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I mean, by no means at all saying, hey, we're Christians, we better start. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just trying to get biblical perspective. Is we want to be wise. And we want to keep our family, plus those around us, safe. Um, and unfortunately, this world is just falling apart around us. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, well, hey, thank you for calling in. And we'll be talking about this more throughout the show, so, so stay tuned, all right? Okay, thank you so much. Okay. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, here uh, taking your calls and texts today on Calvary Live. If you have a prayer request, if you have a question, uh, we'd love to hear from you. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line two where we've got Arlen in Arvada. Hi, Arlen. Welcome Hi, how are you doing? Doing well. What's going on? Hey, I've been reading a lot of scriptures about every man will be recompensed according to his deeds, and do your work heartily unto the Lord. Uh, your work is never in vain. And then even in, uh, I believe it's Isaiah, it says, you'll be rewarded according to even the results of your deeds. So I'm kind of questioning with I'm struggling with. I know a lot of people are going to heaven, but I'm also thinking, they got to be responsible for their Christian walk, too, and what they are doing or not doing. Do you kind of get that drift, too, in the Scriptures? Yeah, actually, yes, I do. Here, let me, uh, hope, hopefully I can help you kind of put this, put all these pieces into place a little bit, okay? Yeah. So the question I think you're asking here is, okay, so where does this all, how does this work? Are Christians going to be judged? Um, because it kind of seems like Jesus came to be judged for us on our behalf. So yes. where does this all work? Because then we read all these scriptures about how we're going to be rewarded according to our works. And um, and so it almost seemed like there is going to be a judgment day. And, and actually, I would agree with that. I think that's true. But here's the thing. There are two different judgment seats that are talked about okay. in the Bible. So um, 
one of them is in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And this is where I would uh, point you to go. 2 Corinthians 6, and um, we're talking about... Uh, Your work's being tried by fire. Well, no, that would be uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Okay. Um, yeah, so 2 Corinthians 6, um, we're talking about the what's called the Bema Seat of Judgment. Now let me explain it just a little bit. Um, Please. The point is that... So Christians will be judged, but we won't be judged for our sins. Jesus took the judgment for our sins already. Yes. So what kind of judgment will we have? The, the Bema seat, this is a Greek word, by the way, Bema. And the Bema seat was a seat of reward for uh, performance in sporting events. So, for example, in the, in the um, Olympic Games, in the Greek Olympic Games, what would happen is you know, you'd run a sporting event, and then you know the, the winners of that event, just like we do even to this day, they would stand up on a pedestal, and they would be, they would be there to receive their reward for doing well in that sporting event. And so okay. Paul uses that image a lot, actually, in all his different writings. I, I'm a runner, personally, and I wonder how much, if Paul the Apostle was also a runner, because he talks about running. He likens the Christian life to running, and, uh, and he talks at the end that he's run his race. And then in Second Corinthians, he talks about the judgment seat, but he talks about how all of us will be uh, tried and judged according to our works, but the the kind of trial he's talking about is that we will be rewarded for the things that we did. And that's like in Second Corinthians, I'm sorry, in First Corinthians 15, he says, you know, the, the Lord sees your work, your labor is not in vain. And in, uh, in Hebrew, yeah. he says, hey, you know, you're, the Lord sees your work, it's not in vain, and he's going to reward you. And okay. so um, here's what that means. It means that everybody's going to stand before God and be judged. The question is, which judgment seat are you going to stand before? Are you going to stand before the judgment seat where you are going to be judged for your sins? Or are you going to stand before the judgment seat where you are going to be there to receive a reward? Yes. And though, see, the thing about this is, is very important to remember. Jesus was already judged for our sins. He already answered yes. for them and Amen. received the judgment for it. But yet... God wants us to not say, hey, I guess, um, you know, I'm not going to hell, so now everything's good, and I can just kind of hold my breath until I die and go to heaven. And he says, which no, bring, not at all. Which brings me to my other question. What about the cruel things that Christians do to each other? They're going to have to give an answer for that, too, correct? Or where does that come into play? Yeah, you know, if it's sin, that's been dealt with. In Jesus, and, and there's a very important pl point there in First Corinthians chapter three, that text that you brought up just a minute ago, okay. about yeah. our works being tried by fire and the things being burned away. I think that the things that we do, the things that we try to do, that are, are works that are, let's say, built on the wrong foundation, right? We do, um, and that's kind of the idea behind the concept of total depravity. When we talk about total depravity of man, what we're talking about is not to say that that people who don't know the Lord don't ever do good things. They do, but the, the point of depravity is to say that even when we do good things, we sometimes even do them for the wrong reason. Yes. And and on yeah. top of that, like, so for what are what are those bad reasons that we might do something for? Let's say for self-aggrandizement, right? Self-glorification yes. to say, hey, look at me, or to say, hey, self-justification, I'm trying to prove myself and make myself worthy of God's grace, which is something that can't be earned in the first place. Yeah. So uh, the point is that when we are doing good works for the wrong reasons, 
those things are going to be burned up. But I'll tell you this too. I believe that our other actions, the wasted actions, the vain words that we've said, I think that those are going to be burned up in that as well. See, Jesus has already answered for them. He's already been judged for okay. them. So. Well, that's interesting, yeah. You know, Jesus I... does say one, one interesting thing, uh, and I'll kind of uh, play the devil's advocate on my own statement there. And that is that he says that you will have to give an account for every um, useless word. word that you speak. And so, yep. um, you know, I think there's a sense in which we'll have to answer to God. But I, I just want to make it clear that if we do, it'd be like if I talk to my kids, you know, I love my kids. And sometimes I'll ask them, hey, why'd you say that to your brother? You know, why'd you talk to him that way? It's not a sense okay. of condemnation. It's more a sense of uh, discipline, teaching talking to them, helping them to become the person who I want to see them become in the Lord. Wow. Okay. And what was that verse on the beam of seed again? Second Corinthians? 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10. I'm sorry. I told you 6, but I was a chapter off. 2 Corinthians okay. 5, verse 10. It I'm says driving, we must all appear... And I wrote it down. Thank you. No worries. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So we remember there he's talking to believers, and a lot of people are confused by that. It's really important, though, to see there's a difference between what we might call the great white throne judgment, like we see on the day yes. of judgment in Revelation, and the Bema Seat judgment. But see, there, there too it says, you just quoted, for good and the evil. Mm -hmm. And see, that's, that's the crux of my question. Some of these Christians have done very nasty things to other Christians. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to hold them accountable, you know, or yeah. I'm, you know, want them to be accountable. But, yes, I want to make sure that, you know, they are forgiven also. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think there's a sense in which, um, you know, as I said, Jesus has taken the punishment for our sins. And therefore, no more punishment is going to be dealt out to us if we are in Christ. There's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. But, yeah, okay. I think that there's a sense in which perhaps those bad things that you're talking about could affect our reward. Uh, that we receive. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. So, Excellent. Well, thank awesome. you very much. So good to hear from you. Thank you for calling in. God bless you. You're welcome. Right. Bye. 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 You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. I think we still got Arlen on the line there in Nevada. There we go. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church taking your calls and texts live on the air today. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Hey, I want to tell you about what we're doing at Whitefields Community Church this weekend. The past uh, two Sundays, we have been in a series, which I've been really enjoying. It's a series called the five solas in which we're looking at the five solas of the reformation the solas were five kind of slogans or statements that the reformers came up with to uh, summarize the key biblical doctrines which they championed as reformers and the reason why we're doing this study now is because october 31st just uh, last week was the 500 year anniversary of 
the Reformation or the beginning of the Reformation. That's where we marked the beginning of the Reformation from was the day when Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the door of the Wittenberg uh, Castle Church in Wittenberg, Germany. And that sparked a whole movement of returning to the Bible and putting the Bible in people's hands. Just God did some amazing things through that. And so we're commemorating that 500-year anniversary by looking at these biblical doctrines which the Reformers championed. So first we looked at Sola Scriptura, only the scriptures are our highest source of authority. And then we looked at sola fide, which means faith alone. We, are, we receive God's gift of salvation and righteousness and justification. We receive it by faith alone, not faith in works, not faith in ceremonies, just faith alone in Jesus and what he's done for us. And this coming Sunday, we're going to be talking about sola gratia, which means uh, by grace alone. So we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 2 and what it says there in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, that you are saved by grace through faith. Let's go ahead and continue with our callers. We've got a couple of callers right now. Let's go to line one where we've got Alonzo in Aurora. Hi, Alonzo. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Eric. How are you? I'm doing well. God bless What's going you. Um, very excited to be with you on the air. Um, just have a little comment on uh, what happened yesterday, unfortunately, over Texas and that church. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's just like a prayer, what I really ask, and it's just keep on praying all all together. And uh, for the people out there that, uh, uh, that think that we should uh, carry weapons with us at church, um, it's a tough one, like you said. Um, it's not right. We shouldn't. Mm. Um, because we're not prepared for that, and we're not made for that. Mm. Um, but um, I just think that uh, Hebel's going to continue um, doing what supposed to do, I guess. And we just have to continue praying to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and just uh, put everything to Him and uh, just hope for the best everywhere for you know, because we don't we don't know. It's just like you know, you know that shooting that happened last uh, week, and that Walmart. That guy was going to do what he was going to do. He was prepared, mm-hmm. and there uh, could have been somebody there with a gun, you know. But it would have been too late for him to react to what happened. Because when a person has that evil thought already, they're going to do it no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know Alonzo, I'm super torn about the, this whole concept, too, you know, because I certainly don't want to encourage everybody to just be carrying around a gun. Uh, no, but it will make it worse, in my in my uh, opinion, you know, because everybody will have a, shooting, uh, a gun and then everybody will be shooting at each other. And uh, that's not uh, the yeah. Christian way to, uh, to defend ourselves. Our biggest weapon is prayer and our... And, uh, we we go to our Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, I strongly believe that if everybody in the whole world did every day and start reading the Bible and get Jesus to and invite Jesus to their heart and into their lives, nobody will need, need any guns. Never. Well, I I agree never, with ever. you on that point. That if man, if people were uh, born again. And people mm-hmm. could experience the the power of God changing their life and uh, making them into new creations. Well, then these things wouldn't happen. So I, I'm in full agreement with you that the root issue here is sin. Mm-hmm. And uh, and but see, that's that's just it though, is that we live in a world where there is sin. And I just want to play the other side real quick with you and just say, you know, as I said to the other caller, 
I think that there I actually did hear that in that Walmart there were people who um who were stepping up to defend others and I, I think there's something to be said from a gospel perspective, uh something to be said from a biblical perspective for defending the weak. And mm-hmm. um and I realize this is such a touchy issue, it's such a political issue, but it's also an issue of faith in it, like you're saying. Um you know, I I did have a few things to say that I haven't had the chance because we have had a lot of callers, which is great. But, you know, I just wanted to say a few things about the shooting that happened yesterday. You know, uh-huh. I said that 4% of the population of that town was killed in this shooting. That's crazy. Another one is mm-hmm. that 50% of the people in this church were murdered. They said that there was actually zero people uh, in that building who were not at least injured uh, by the shooter. And... And so um, here's what's what's interesting about this is that the news is now reporting that this guy had a Facebook page and it's now been taken down so you can't find it. But on this mm-hmm. Facebook page, one of the things that he was doing was that he was he was uh, friending people within a certain radius of his zip code. So people uh-huh. who lived in the immediate area where he lived and he was picking fights with them uh, because he was kind of a militant atheist. Like he, he liked to argue with Christians and he was right. an atheist. And so it would seem that these people were killed for their faith, that this man targeted a church because he had a problem with Christians and Mm -hmm. he wanted to hurt Christians. And so what that means is that these people were targeted for their faith. And, um, you know, that that there are a few things that this brings to mind that I think is, is worth talking about. I think, first of all, in one way, I'm agreeing with you because of this, that as believers, we've made a commitment to follow Jesus. And that commitment includes we follow him even if it if it costs us our life, even if it means sacrificing and following him even unto death. And I think that what we see with these people in Texas is that they were doing the, the one thing they believed in the most. They were worshiping the God in whom they now rest in his arms. Yeah. And I, I think that that's very important to remember yeah. that... Uh, yeah, here's here's another very important thing is that mm-hmm. I don't know if you realize this. I don't know how much this has been publicized, but yesterday was the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. Right. Yeah. Thousands of people around the world are gathering and we're remembering those who's who were who have been persecuted, whose uh-huh. lives have been cut short. And on this day, um, we had that a happened. very good example of that that happened in Texas. Mm-hmm. I read a statistic here that said that each year, on average, uh, around 100,000 Christians are killed for their faith. And right. um, they say they estimate that there are 215 million Christians around the world who live in levels of extreme persecution in their home countries. Mm-hmm. And, and so the fact that these people were killed in a church and they were targeted because they were in a church, you know, there's a sense in which... Uh, these are these persecuted Christians. And and like you said, here's the other thing. We have to realize at this point that none of us, there's really no safe place. Is it church? Is it Walmart? Is it school? Is it uh, right. you know public place, concerts? It could happen to us anywhere. And ultimately, I'm in agreement with you that, that this, that the, the only true security we have is in the Lord. Right. But, but I do want to add, on the other hand, I, I still think that there, there is... Um, a way in which God asks us to protect those who are weak and vulnerable. And, um, mm-hmm. and so I, I can't go so far as to say that, no, we should, we should never uh, use protection as Christians. So 
Anyway, I think it's a really important conversation for us to have, and I think it's something that Christians need to seek the Lord about, and they need to ask, you know, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? What do you want our church to do? How do you want us to respond? And um, uh, I think it has to begin with prayer. One of the things that, you know, you, you're, you're saying, hey, let's pray for these people, and we're going to do that in just a second. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we're actually going to go to break in one minute, so I'll wrap this up, and uh, we'll pray right before we go to break. But um, well, one of the other things I think that's important for us to notice is that prayer does matter. You know, it's a lot of times you see these people trolling on the Internet and they'll troll on social media and say, hey, you know, people say, oh, I'm praying for those people who suffered this tragedy. And those people say, oh, your prayers don't do anything. Don't bother. Well, that's mm-hmm. absolutely wrong. That's absolutely wrong. God hears our prayers and we must have prayer and action. Both are necessary and both are powerful. So let's go ahead and conclude this first half of the show. Uh, we've got 30 seconds left and let's go ahead and pray. Then we'll go to break and come back and take some more calls. Heavenly Father, thank you that you sit on the throne even when tragedy strikes. Lord, we live in a broken world, but thank you, Jesus, that you have come to save us and you've come to redeem this world and you've come to redeem us by your, by your sacrifice for us. So Lord, we pray that more and more people would receive your grace. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to go to break. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm with you now every Monday, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Welcome back to the program for those of you listening here in Colorado on Grace FM, as well as for those of you listening on the East Coast on Hope FM, and as well as everybody who's listening online. We have uh, one line open right now. It's a good time to call in if you'd like to talk. We have a lot of people today wanting to talk about the shooting that happened Yesterday, the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Just to remind you who I am, I am the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which meets in Longmont, Colorado, on uh, the corner of Kaufman and Longs Peak Avenue. For those of you who are familiar with Longmont, we're right downtown. We meet in the St. Vrain Memorial Building every Sunday at 10 a.m. And you can check us out online at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. You can also tune in every weekday at 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time. And you can hear our program that airs on Grace FM, 2.30 p.m. every weekday and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Let's go ahead and get back to our callers. We've got Scotty in Aurora online too. Hi, Scotty. Welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor. How you doing? Doing well. What's going on? Listen, I have a question about salvation. Um, okay. I was I was listening to you earlier, and you were explaining the Beamer seat and the uh, the judgment seat of, of, of God. Are they one and the same? Um, are, are believers, are we already saved? Or how does, this, how does salvation work? Man, that's a good question. Here's what I'll tell you. I mentioned this, I think I mentioned this last week on the program. I was talking about um, how I, I don't really like the, the phrase um, losing your salvation, but I also don't like the phrase once saved, always saved. And the reason I said the second one is because it kind of implies that salvation is just kind of a, a thing where you tick the box and, uh, you know, you get your ticket 
And once you have your ticket, you don't ever do anything else. I mean, you just kind of hold your breath and wait till you die so you can go to heaven. It's kind of like you get out a hell free card. So here's the way I like to look at salvation is that, and I, I don't, it's not just that I like to look at it this way. That's actually kind of a bad way to put it. Here's the way that the Bible describes salvation. It describes it as something which has happened. So you have been saved by what Jesus did for you. You yeah. are being saved. It's a process that is happening in your life. You're being set free. You're be, that's what we call sanctification. Uh, because salvation is more than just not going to hell. It's being set free from all of the implications and, uh, and the things that sin causes in your life and you are going to be saved so you're not yet there you haven't yet attained the fullness at least not where you're at right now uh, you haven't yet experienced the fullness of your salvation that is to come and so i think those three aspects are really important so in the one sense you are saved by jesus so he already did it everything that needed he said it is finished everything that needed to be done in order for you to be saved he did it it's done so you're not going to be saved by anything that you do and it's not going to be a big surprise when you get there like oh man i barely made it it's going to be one of these things where jesus did it it's given to you as a gift it's almost as if in god's mind that status has been given to you it's a done deal you are saved if you are in christ uh, the bible I talks see. about like like for example in romans chapter 8 it talks about how these things it speaks about them in the past tense right you he has done these things. But here's the other thing. It's an ongoing thing. It's, you're, you're still alive. So you are yes. being saved. He's setting you free from things in your life and bringing about fullness of salvation. You're experiencing that now. But there will come a day, the day when you will experience your salvation in fullness, when you stand before God, uh, clothed in righteousness in, in Christ. So does that answer Thank your question? You. It did, it, and so it, salvation has nothing to do with judgment. They're they're two separate issues, right? Well, I will say this: I won't say that they don't have anything to do with judgment. But here's how I would put that phrase: I would say that we are saved because Jesus took the judgment for us. He took our judgment upon Himself. I understand. Yeah, I understand. And Thank so you, it's Pastor. not that we're gonna. Yeah, it's not that we're gonna. It's gonna be weighed in the balance, and hopefully, uh, we tip the scales in the right direction. It's that Jesus right. has already done it for us, and He's given that to us. So, thank you, sir. I awesome. appreciate thank that. Thank you for calling in. All right, God bless you. Bye bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got two open lines. The number to call is three zero three six nine zero three thousand, or you can text us at seven two zero. Three three six zero eight nine seven. Let's go to Russ in Greeley. Hi, Russ. Welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon, Nick. How are you? Doing well. Good. Well, first, I'd like to start off and say that I uh, would ask us as a nation of believers to continue to pray for the people in Texas and lift them up for God to comfort them in their their time of need. Um, Absolutely. <clears throat> secondly, I'd like to say that um, I believe as believers. And as men in the church, the Bible tells us to be watchmen, not only spiritually, but physically. <clears throat> mm -hmm. To have a select number of men in the church with a weapon um, would help prevent things like yesterday. I strongly believe that. Um, I can say that uh, I'm, I'm actually one of those people. Um, nobody knows it, just leadership, pastor, my pastor knows 
excuse me, knows that. Um, I believe that um, as men, we are supposed to not only be leaders of our household and leaders of the church, but to also be watchmen. Um, for me, I strongly believe that, and I believe that one or two people with the right weapon and right training can save lives and help people escape that situation. Yeah, Russ, I don't disagree with you at all. I uh, I know, you know, there's a long history of Christians who advocate for, you call it Christian nonviolence. I don't think that this falls in the category of violence. I don't think this falls in the category of war. I think this falls in the category of protecting the weak and the vulnerable. And um, And I do agree with you that that is something which is very close to God's heart. You know, there's a way in which the word tells us over and over. It says, hey, I, I am the Lord and I will protect you. And if someone does something bad to you, then I will take care of that person. But there's another sense in which we are called to to emulate the Lord's character and be those who protect uh, the weak and the vulnerable. In fact, I mean, as I, I mentioned earlier, you know, about the minor prophets, this was one mm-hmm. of the things that Israel was chastised for again and again throughout the prophetic uh, books is that they didn't do that. They didn't protect uh, the orphan. They didn't protect the poor. They didn't protect the widow. They didn't protect the immigrant. And I think that there are a lot of other people you could put in those categories of the, those who are weak and vulnerable. Obviously, one of those is children. Uh, you know, yes, elderly people. So I'm not in disagreement with you at all, but I will tell you this. I think you just outed yourself. Hopefully uh, nobody knows uh, nobody knows your voice and just found out that you're that guy. So, yeah, I, you know, um, we have we have people at our church who do that. And I know just about every church I visit, if I'm you know invited to speak at a church, uh, I'll get introduced to that guy or the, those guys. And, and I really wouldn't want uh, everybody in church, honestly, to be coming to church with a gun. Um, but I, I do think it is wise for a church to have protection measures in place because, um, you know, you've got a whole bunch of people in a room sitting with their backs to the door. Exactly. And that's, that's very dangerous. So, For me, it's um, my wife and my son are in church with me. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, sorry, Pastor, I probably get emotional, but for me to protect my church family and my wife and my son, I'll do it at what I would. Uh, I'm willing to be, this might come across wrong. I would, I'm willing to be, to sacrifice myself to save my church family and to save my wife and my son. And for me to be able to protect them as a man of my home and as a man of my church, to me that just, I think for me that speak the Bible speaks volumes to me on that. And uh, I, I, for me, I don't see nothing wrong with it. But like you said, Pastor, not everyone, a select few. Yeah. That's that's what I agree. But I, I do ask that we, as a uh, nation of believers, continue to lift up the people in Texas and continue to lift up our nation and our leadership um, in prayer, and that that the Lord would just the leadership of this nation would turn um, and start to focus their eyes back on Him. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go ahead and just pray for these people in Texas again. I don't think we can do that enough, but let's uh, let's just do it again together. Heavenly Father, all of us listening uh, right now and, and those who are tuned in, Lord, we pray for those in Texas who are suffering right now. We pray for this town that's been affected by this uh, evil. We pray for this church 
and the people who are who are currently even in the hospital right now suffering and those who have lost loved ones and this is going to touch the rest of their lives lord we pray that you would be with them we pray that you would comfort them by your spirit Lord, we pray that you would send people around them to encourage them and comfort them and lord would you encourage them in the fact that their hope in you help them to remember this our hope in you is not just hope for a better life here and now it's hope that shines beyond this life and thank you, Lord, for that hope, that promise of eternal life that we have in Jesus. And, and we cling to that. We cling to the cross. We rely on the cross. And, um, Lord, we know that even if we had all the, all the weapons and all the protection and all the, all the security in the world, the only way to be truly secure is in you. Lord, you yeah. are a refuge and you are a strength. You are a security. So, Lord, may, may we not have confidence in, in the things of this world but may we have confidence in you and um and i pray lord that you would bring comfort and healing i also pray lord that you would uh protect those who are innocent and uh, that you would protect those who are weak and vulnerable and for those of us who have been given charge over their bodies and their souls lord would you guide us and enable us to do that well yes. we pray that in jesus name amen amen uh, god bless Thank you, you Russ. thanks Nick. for calling in god bless all right uh -huh. god bless you Bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We're having a lot of people calling in and tuning in to hear uh, about these conversations around this uh, church shooting, this terrible church shooting that happened yesterday in Texas. And our hearts go out to them. We pray for them. And um, if you would like to talk about it, if you'd like prayer, you can call us at 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one where we've got Rocky in Denver. Hi, Rocky. Welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon, Pastor. Good afternoon. Hey, so um, the good Lord has uh, just basically uh did a restoration on my heart uh, my soul and uh i just felt that uh i just want to call in and for a prayer that uh at the and, and what god is putting on my heart is uh because he took me out of the streets he took me away from the drugs the alcohol all of my addictions and um it just did a real number on my heart uh, miraculously and and i praise him for that he gets all the glory all the praise uh I just, I just, um, I feel in my heart that uh, he wants me to go back to the streets to minister to the people that are uh, on the streets, and especially the young kids that are, are struggling and that uh, try to find their way with the Lord. Because um, I just, I just want, uh, if you can just say a quick prayer over my life, that uh, somehow, some way, I become a minister to share my testimony uh, with the, with the people that uh, are still on the streets struggling with those addictions and, and pains and um, homelessness. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we do that, I just want to say that, did you happen to catch, there was a, there was like an advertisement during the break there, that two minute break that we take in the show. And there's an advertisement for a ministry that goes into the kind of on the streets in, in Colorado here. Uh, to yeah. Mean to streets people. or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. Mean streets ministries. Yeah. Uh, it's a ministry of Calvary Aurora, and I would encourage you to hook up with those guys. You know, you can um, talk to the station manager, actually, the uh, 
producer of the show. Um, he's probably right. the guy you talk to on the phone, and he might be able to give you a little bit more in, uh, information about how to get in touch with Mean Streets Ministries, but that sounds like it would be a good fit for you. Yeah, because I was even thinking about just getting on the corner with the sign instead of saying, uh, need help or need food. I'm just going to say, you need a prayer. You know, and I just want to... I just feel that the good Lord is putting that on my heart to get out there and just lay hands on people with, with prayers and just, just talking to them, just letting them know that, you know, he still loves them. And then just to show them what he's doing in my life with, uh, and to share my testimony with them. And cause he's a good, good God, he's a good father and he listens to us and we just, you know, open up our hearts and let him in. Yeah. He's Amen. there for so, you, man. So I've got so. the website here. For you, if you want to check it out, or anybody else who's listening, I would love for you guys to check out this ministry. It looks like a great thing. It's called Mean Streets. Uh, so it's Mean Street Ministry. So not not Mean Streets, but Mean Street Ministry dot org. So Mean Street Ministry dot org, and that is an outreach to those on the streets, those in in drugs and alcohol and addiction, and those um, yeah. who are in homeless situations. So. Yeah, hey, I would love to pray for you, Rocky. I think that's awesome that God's pulled you out of that and that he's sent you back. You know, I see that so many times. Yeah. That's what God does, that he, he brings he us uses, out of something, but he sends us right back because he wants us yeah. to, uh, to be ministers for his and gospel. And he uses, he, he uses the rebels and uh, uh, part, prodigals to, for his word. He's just, you know, it works in mysterious ways, but uh, he's just telling me time is too short, so let's, Let's uh, let's do work, man. So, Amen. You know, this is an interesting story. You read about that woman, uh, the Samaritan woman. Jesus meets her at the well, and he tells her, you know, you're, I could give you water that if you drink it, you'll never thirst again. And he says, you've been Amen. looking for um, satisfaction, fulfillment in your life, in relationships, yep. romantic relationships, and it's left you empty. Anyway, so after yeah. talking to Jesus, you know what it says that she did? It says she, she went into town and she told everybody about this man that he had met who told yes. him everything about her life. So uh, let's pray for you that God uses you in that way. Awesome. Right? So Heavenly Father, we pray for Rocky. Thank you, Lord, that you have uh, pulled him out of the miry clay. You have pulled him out of the pit. You've set him on a rock. And Lord, thank you for that, that you've given him new life in Jesus. Lord, I, I pray that truly he would continue to be set free from drug and alcohol addiction. I pray that, Lord, you would continue to um, restore him and build him up. And Lord, let him be an encouragement and a testimony to people uh, who he meets who are in that situation that he used to be in, on the street, around drugs. Lord, that he would be able to reach out to them and minister to them, and having knowing exactly what it's like to be where they're at. And, uh, and I pray that they would uh, receive that message from him. Lord, I pray that you would anoint him to minister and that you would anoint him to speak your word in power by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that, Lord, you would do that work through him in people's hearts that only you can do by your spirit of setting people free and giving them new life and eternal life in Jesus by what you've done for us. So, Lord, I pray for Rocky. Strengthen him. Guide him. Get him connected with other people so they can get in all kinds of mischief in your name. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks for Amen. calling, Rocky. God bless blessed, you. Uh, blessed be the name of the Lord, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. Talk to you later, Rocky. Calvary Live is the show that you're tuned into right now. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. We've got two open lines right now, so it's a great time to call in. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. 
You can check us out online at whitefieldschurch.com or you can tune in every weekday at 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time and hear messages from our uh, radio program called Life in the Field, also at Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on Grace FM. Let's go to line two where we've got Bill in Highlands Ranch. Hi, Bill. Welcome to the program. Oh, uh, thanks, Pastor. Hey, uh, I think you have described uh, this incident uh, with the shooting uh, very accurately. I uh, tuned into the news programs, and uh, many of uh, the news programs are calling it a tragedy. Uh, they're calling it uh, the work of somebody who is really mentally ill. And, uh, you know, anything that I've read, uh, it sounds like uh, this guy was an atheist. And I know there's been a lot of attacks on the church saying that the, the Christian faith has, has caused the deaths of so many people throughout history. Uh, Rick Warren, a few years ago, was defending Christianity. And he said, really, when you look at what atheism uh, you know, the, the governmental structures of communism, Nazism, uh, uh, godless dictatorships, uh, they've caused uh, such evil and pain in the world that, you know, there, there really isn't any comparison, uh, even though that the problems caused by the so-called Christian crusades were really not of, of Jesus. They were they were of faith and right. So anyway, I think this attack is satanic. I think it's pure evil. And I don't think we will ever begin to address the problem if we don't really look at this as a spiritual problem more than anything. Yeah, I think that is one aspect of this shooting in particular that has not really been talked about very much. Now, to be fair, uh, there is a way in which this just happened. They're still gathering information. I mean, think about the shooting that happened last week uh, in the Walmart. We still haven't gotten much information about motive about that. There's some kind of rumors going around and some, some ideas about what was going on in that guy's mind, it, you know, that it was racially motivated. Um, oh, sure. But, but with this one here, um, I think it's pretty clear that this there was an, an aspect of this that was absolutely uh, motivated by targeting Christians, uh, especially considering this guy's... Um, you know, Facebook activity. Oh, for sure. Now, here's the thing that a lot of people haven't said. Now, I haven't turned into your whole program, but really, you know, I mean, it is a horrific incident, but, you know, really, these people were essentially martyred for Jesus. Yeah, and that that is something we talked about here a little bit ago. You know, really, it is. It's an honor to die for Jesus. Uh, Jesus died for us. And often, uh, we as Christians, we got to be challenged. Do we have the love and the courage to die for Jesus? And, you know, I just uh, pray that the Christian Church, regardless of denomination across the country, really shower this Church with love, prayers, and whatever financial support, whatever uh, it needs to be done uh, to really bring comfort, to overcome evil with good, and uh, that's what Jesus is all about, and that's what these people are all about. And... and uh, uh, evil can be overcome in this incident uh, through the Christian Church and through the, the the great power and love of Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know, I had a conversation with somebody from my church. Uh, wrote an email in response to something that I had taught uh, on the topic of of faith in Jesus. You know, a couple of weeks ago, and they were just sharing their story and saying, you know, that he had a family member who was uh, very sick for many years and suffered, and um, 
he had heard another teaching from somewhere else and the guy was kind of alluding to the fact, well, you know, if you had more faith, then things in your life would be going easier. You wouldn't have the kind of problems you would have. And, uh, you know, I think that's not very good teaching. I don't think that's biblical at all. But, you know, it reminded me of uh, Stephen. So this is kind of what I responded to this person was to talk about Stephen, the first Christian martyr. And what you see with Stephen is that you see it says that he was a man who was full of faith and and he was full of the Holy Spirit. And so here's a man full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. And yet he has a terrible thing happen to him. He gets stoned to death with rocks. I mean, that's a terrible way to die. But you know what I love about that story of Stephen there in uh, Acts chapter 7 is it says that as Stephen was dying, he looked up to heaven and he saw God welcoming him in to heaven. And I think that that's very important because what, what it reminds us of is that as you're saying, our faith in as Christians is not just faith in having a more comfortable, it's not faith that has as its end a more comfortable life. That that would be a very shallow, and that is a very shallow faith. Unfortunately, that's preached in a lot of places that, hey, become a Christian and your life will get better. Well, the fact is, if you read the books of the New Testament, a lot of those books were written to people who had become Christians, and as a result of becoming Christians, they had become targets. Their Their life had not gotten better just quite the opposite and I, I think that we're so much insulated from that in the day and age that we live in especially in the west and especially in the united states where you know christianity is still treated for the most part pretty favorably and uh, and so because of that we're not used to suffering uh persecution we're not used to being targeted you know beyond people uh you know teasing us at work and stuff like that you know well, for but sure. uh, yeah very true very good pastor well you know, uh, I, I appreciate uh, your counsel, and uh, may the Church grow stronger, and often the Church does grow stronger in persecution, so if this is uh, what uh, the Lord has called us uh, to suffer, uh, let us suffer in His glory, and uh, continue to rely on His grace and goodness and His power to prevail. Thank you awesome. for everything. God bless you, Bill. Thanks you for too. calling in. Brother. All right, bye-bye. Bye. We're coming up at the end of the program. You've been listening to Calvary Live here on Grace FM and on Hope FM as well as online. The number to call is 303-690-3000. We have time for about one more call. So let's go again to line one. We've got Lalo in Loveland, Colorado. Hi, Lalo. Welcome to the program. How you doing, Pastor? I'm doing great. Um, there's a show coming on, uh, the Long Island Medium. And my daughter wanted to watch it, and I was telling her I was, ah, it's not right, and my wife disagreed, and I just want to know what uh, you think about that. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that you shouldn't have anything to do with that. I'll just give you a couple uh, words on that before we end our show here today. So, you know, in, in modern times and in ancient times, mediums uh, are people who communicate with spirits, um, you know, they communicate with spirits. Here's the thing, though, that the Bible tells us that there are there is an unseen spiritual dimension and that not all spirits are good spirits. There are evil spirits. There are spirits who are not benevolent spirits, but they're malevolent spirits. They are bad. So uh, a medium, literally what that word means, by the way, medium, it means that they are an intermediary between the spirit world and our world. And I've, I think the Bible is very clear on the practice of being a medium. It's also clear on the idea of speaking to the dead. It's clear about seances and, and other things like this that would be classified in this whole 
idea of occultic practices or communicating with the spirit world or tapping into the spirit world. Sometimes mediums are called uh, channelers. And the idea is that they communicate with the spirit world. Um, let me give you some verses. So this is from uh, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 27. It says that a man or woman who is a medium or a necromancer should surely be put to death. Okay, now let's just remember that this verse was written to a theocratic society where the law of Moses functioned as the law for the state, you know, so it deal, dealt with how to punish certain criminals. So the point is this, that in God's eyes, uh, connecting with the spirit world is forbidden, and he considers it uh, on the level of a crime. Here's another one. Um, this is in Deuteronomy chapter 18. It says that there should not be anyone among you who practices divination or tells fortunes or interprets omens or a sorcerer or a charmer or a medium. There you go right there. Or a necromancer. That's somebody who talks to the dead. Um, yeah, it says necromancer, one who inquires of the dead. And we, we actually see this in the uh, Old Testament. There are several occasions. Whether one particular occasion that we know of is that King Saul tried to communicate with the prophet Samuel after he died. And God allowed something to happen in the spiritual realm, but it was absolutely forbidden. It was wrong. It shouldn't have happened. Um, and and First Chronicles actually tells us that Saul's interaction with the medium was an important part of why he was dethroned and why he lost his his throne. In the New Testament, we read about, um, in Acts chapter 8, we read about a man named Simon who was a medium. We read about it in uh, other places. I just want to tell you that uh, we really, any involvement with such practices such as mediums or uh, connecting with the spirit world is absolutely, uh, God tells us don't mess with it. Don't even go there. Don't even get involved in it in any way. And I would just encourage you, don't don't watch that show because you're just encouraging what's going on there. So I yeah. think that's good advice. The, 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 the world, it's, it's only a demonic world, ain't it? There's no good ones in there. Yeah, I'm going to have to cut you off, Lolo. I'm sorry because we come up That's on the right. end of our program. Thank you for calling in. You have been listening to Calvary Live. This has been Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts today. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, talking to you, and we will continue to pray for those in Texas who are suffering. Tune in next time for Calvary Live, and I'll see you next Monday. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.